Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. We have Jay Kateri. Jay, thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Kelly. (laughs) Feel free to call me Amanda or Dr. Kelly. I'll feel free to call you Jay or boss throughout the episode. Why don't we begin by having you give an introduction of yourself for our listeners? Sure. So uh, I'm Jay Kateri, like uh, Amanda said, father of four boys, husband of my wonderful wife, Kimmy, and business partner. Um, We are are owners of a therapy center company, you know, uh, ABA therapy, speech therapy, uh, five, five centers. I'm a business guy entrepreneur, been running businesses since I'm 21 years old, been married for 25 years and really have uh, last five and a half years have spent running an ABA company and absolutely loving all of it and loving the people I've met in my experience so far. Well, I know that's genuine and true that you've really enjoyed the experience. I'm not sure any of us would say we love all of it, <laughs> unless you want to take it as it's all a learning experience. And then in that case, sure, I'm with you on that. You know, would you mind sharing with the listeners your personal connection to autism or what brought you into the field of behavior analysis? Sure. So uh, Kimmy and I have a son named Blake. He's 18 now. He got diagnosed in his last month of his third year and um, it changed our life. Um, at the time for the worst, like, oh my God, kid with autism. And uh, what do we do? How do we do it? And we knew nothing. And that journey led us to doing this and being able to have the chance to give back to other families living our same journey, I'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) The same journey. Well, Jay, my life has certainly been enhanced from meeting you and your family, including Blake. uh, Most, I would say, importantly, Kimmy. As we all know, she's the star of the show and could certainly probably run. I, I, the joke is always sometimes a small country, but I think a large country, if she would choose, she'd certainly be capable. So you, you're in the business of providing ABA services. You mentioned that you have five clinics. Let's talk about the journey of the first, the opening of the first clinic, the learning about behavior analysis. You're, you're coming into it as a parent and an entrepreneur. Um, Thankfully, many business owners come into it with no entrepreneurial experience or no business experience, and we know that that creates its own challenges. How did you learn about or what was that like learning more and more about immersing yourself in behavior analysis, finding out what's a BCBA and how how do you hire, you know, a strong one? Um, Where did you guys begin? How did you begin? Wow. So if I'm going to look back in time. Um, initially we were not fans of ABA for our son uh, initially because we never got to see what good ABA is, was until now and until we had our own company. And it even took a little while with our own company to find out what good ABA was. So we decided first, we, we did a lot of things backwards. We didn't really worry about the money side of it, like billing insurance. I knew nothing about that at all. I knew that I had an insurance card in my wallet that said United Healthcare and and I could go to a hospital, but I didn't understand insurance. I didn't understand the laws. I didn't understand anything. So um, we started by finding a location that we thought would be convenient for people near a highway, something with enough space that we we could grow into. 
a place with a landlord that was willing to um, support our our um, our business and and give us some tenant improvement money and help us build out the location. Uh, also. Um, found a place that uh, a landlord that didn't require me to to sign a, a, a personal guarantee on the lease because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here and I need to have an exit strategy. Like if things don't work, what do we do? Because I don't want to be on the hook for a five-year lease of $150,000 a year, $750,000 in lease payments if this doesn't work because we don't know what we're doing. So, but we did have passion. I mean, my wife and I, when to jump back a little bit, we came up with the name, which sounded, some friends of mine told me it's a little bit car too cartoony. Like, you know, if you want to be a business, you know, you have to have a real name, like something behavioral health or something like that, <laughs> something very official. And my wife and I were walking down the street. She's like, I just want to have a place where all my favorite therapists are in one place. I'm like, what do you say? Say it again. She says it again. I'm like, that's the name. My favorite therapist. That's the name. Um, and, and a friend of mine, a very intelligent friend of mine said, what a great name. Because who can hate my favorite therapist? Uh, <laughs> I think I might know that friend, that very intelligent friend. Um very yeah, Jay, when I first learned of the name of your company, and you're right, there's so many companies that have behavioral health, behavior analysis, autism consulting, like, there's a lot of repetition that we see, and that's okay, like, fine. But one of the things that just made me laugh, the more I thought about it, and after I had the chance to visit a clinic, you know, to see what's the special sauce, like, Mm -hmm. I've been in the field a long time. I'm a provider. I walk in with skepticism, of course, a healthy dose always. And I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like, oh no, I wasn't expecting this amazing as here it is, but I was almost, I don't want to say taken aback, but I just stood there to soak it all in. And like you said, and, and however people wish to define, but when you see good ABA, when you see good teaching, when you see a quality physician, like, you know it, you know it. And then I just smiled because I thought nobody's ever going to say, I hate my favorite therapist. <laughs> like it just, it's, it's a strange sentence. So I think it's quite clever, even though I'm not sure that was my first thought, to be honest. I might have been thinking along those same lines as some of your friends. Uh, and then and then really when I sat with it, I thought, gosh, that's to me, it's just it's memorable. Um, and it made me laugh, really made me laugh to think. Yeah. And you have to live up to that name. You have to live up to that name. So, you know, you mentioned passion. Um, that has gotten so many families that has gotten the field that is providers as well with that passion. That's what's gotten us to today, to the, to the benefits and to the strengths and to the resources we have today. What does a business owner, what do parents of children and a child with autism look for from your perspective when you're hiring a behavior analyst, when you're hiring behavior technicians? What, what, what are you looking for, for people who are coming in your door that you want to make part of your team? I think the, the, the number one, the, the two things I would say would be the, the two A's, authenticity and accountability. I think those are the two most important things that any parent should look for. Is this person there for a career, you know, just their career and they want to make money and they want to be somebody and there's ego involved. 
or is it authenticity? I want children and families to have hope, to have opportunity, to have a chance. And you can tell the difference. It takes a little while. Some people can fake it in the beginning, but it, very quickly we figure out who the real people are, who the real, like, like you, Amanda, when I met you, I was like, wow, she, she, you seem so, you know, just bubbly. And I'm like, this girl can't be for real. And you are like, you've just continued <laughs> this for the four or five years that I've known you. You just continue to walk the walk. And I'm like, that's what I, that's what I feel that we do. Like as a, I spend time on, on the phone with families that have Medicaid, we don't take Medicaid, but I will spend an hour with them on the phone to try to get them, or at least an understanding of what they should be looking for because they're, they're flying blind. And I want my team members to do the same thing, like take the time, give the family hope, give them direction, give them guidance. Even That's what we do. We're in the, we're in the, the changing lives business. We're not in the business of just making money. Money's a byproduct. We're going to all make money. That's fine. There's plenty of opportunity. And then the accountability piece. It's so easy to blame others. So easy to point the finger. Oh, scheduling. That's why my client's not doing well. It's because of the scheduler or, or you gave me a bad RBT and she's not very good at what she does. And that's why he's not doing well. It's like, okay, but I always like to look at myself and say, well, what, what's my role in this? What could I do better? How could I impact the outcome with, with my influence? How do I set an example? These are the things that I ask myself. It's, I never blame other people. First, even if I have a person that works for us that's terrible, I blame me for a bad hire. I did a bad job in interviewing and vetting. I mean, that happens. And, and, and I take the blame for that. Now, hopefully that person goes on and does some wonderful things somewhere else. But so I think accountability is a big piece because I think we have a lot of young people in the field today. It's, a, it's the youngest, it's so young. <laughs> and I think that um, my experience has been that there's a huge lack of accountability where take the blame, that's where we learn, take the heat, absorb it, process it and do something better tomorrow. There's always tomorrow, but don't point fingers. That, that never solves a problem. And that I think is like a big thing of, you know, I'm just going down a, a rabbit hole here, but that's a big thing of, of what, and that's not just ABA, that's the whole world. It's not, it's not specific to us. It, it's the whole world. And, and I think that we need to continue to develop our, our young um, up and comers and, and young future heroes who are going to help these families to take accountability. That is the best route, I think, for solving the problem. I think it's incredibly important for the people who are listening, no matter where they are in their career or whether they are parents or self-advocates, you know, hello, everybody out there listening. The idea, the important thing is when, when we are looking at what's happening in the environment, we are a part of it and we contribute to it. And that doesn't take a degree in behavior analysis to understand. And I personally feel like you, you beautifully just articulated one of the underlining assumptions of our science like Skinner himself did not generally work with people you know he studied situations and labs and so forth but one of the phrases that comes from his work is like 
the rat is never wrong or the learner is never wrong. Um, it, you know, in customer service, it's like the customer is always right. No, it's, it's a different perspective. It's more of like, what can I do? Even if I'm not at fault, right? I think fault is a, is a thing where we feel that we're maybe in trouble or we want to avoid trouble. It's easy to step further and further away from accountability or from ownership, or I don't know, people in the past might've done that, especially early in their career. And it was met not so well, perhaps at another organization. I try to look at what's creating these, these, uh, this environment and what's, uh, enticing people to behave in such a way. And, and I think that those are important factors. But we're also, one of my favorite things from another um, friend of mine, Jessica Minahan, she says we're 50% of every interaction. So even if you're not at fault, what responsibility, what ownership, what step can you take? And I think that's where we start to see like innovation and not just with the accountability. But when we can be accountable, we spend a whole lot less time figuring out you know, who done it <laughs> and, and what we're going to do about it and spend a whole lot more time focused on the next step. So thank you for articulating your passion in that way. It just resonated so much with me and what, what the, you know, the underpinnings of the science are. And yet when we're not even early career analysts, maybe we've been practicing for 20 years and we've just stepped so far away from that truth or that reality. And it sounds simple. Um, and behavior is complex, but there are some simple truths that I think are really helpful. And so thank you for articulating authenticity, accountability, and and I appreciate that you are at least leaning in to look for indicators of that in interviews and in the process and so forth. Okay, so you, you went from one location to five locations or more. And in the field, I think from my perspective, I see two reactions from providers. They're like, oh my gosh, you can't grow. We're growing too fast. I just want to be this uh, small, have my own location and clinic. And then there's you know situations where if you've got something that's golden, why would you keep it contained in these four walls for these 14, 15, 20 children? What has that process though been like? I'm sure that's been a huge journey from having one to having multiple locations. How are those locations different? How are they similar? What did you learn in the expansion process for your team? Great question. Um, so going back to, I, I've scaled a company before and you know I, I, I employ over a thousand people worldwide. And because of that, what I learned in that process is every person wants opportunity. The only way to create opportunity is through growth. Everyone wants to grow as a human. The only way that you can create opportunity for that person is to grow your company. If someone is a rock star, someone is, is going to be just an incredible leader and you're not, and I'm not growing the company, then they have no opportunity. They're going to leave. They're going to go somewhere where they can find that, that bigger, you know, growth opportunity. And it's not always money. It's most of the heroes that I've met are after like that learning growth, that experience growth. You know, they want to meet Dr. Kelly. They want to meet the, the they want to meet the people who are making change and the, you know, positive change. And they're not going to get to do that in a little place, in a little corner of the country. And what a great opportunity for these young people that don't have a lot of attachments to go and, and, and try different things. And so we've, we did run My Favorite Therapist in Deerfield for three years. 
with one location before we felt that we actually knew what the heck we were doing. Like we didn't go and say, oh, we have one. Our plan is we're gonna be at five by the end of the first year. That's unreasonable. It's not sustainable. Stuff's gonna get broken along the way. You know, they say like, you know, it's like a bull in a china shop just running through it and it doesn't work. And, and we have these, these children's lives and these families' lives in our hands. And, and I don't think people necessarily, all people, look at it that way. I mean, it's huge, the responsibility that we have. So it would be irresponsible for me to go and open up five locations in a year. And I know that that's a great business move and we could have done it, right? But, but not right, not the right thing from my perspective. So we all had one, we got really good at it. That was when I, you know, I, I started going to people and saying, hey, you know, I could help you, I could help you, I could help you. I really wanted to help people in, in business and, uh, but I really didn't have the reputation to support them. Why, why, why should you listen to me? Um, so we said, you know, we'll just do it ourselves. We'll start opening up more locations. So with the second location we opened was in Orlando and it's, you know, reputation got three clients and that mom, mom had, one of the moms had two kids and she's like, oh my God, you guys are the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to tell everybody. I'm like, great. I mean, there's nothing like a, re a referral. There's nothing like like that mom's story of why you should come to this center. And we didn't, you know, it, that's the best. I mean, advertising is wonderful, but there's nothing like a passionate mom or dad going out there and, and, and pushing, you know, my, my uh, narrative um, from her own words. Which, so that was, that was how we grew. And, and then we also found since we weren't there, we were scared, like, is this company gonna run well without us being there every day? Orlando's three hours away from me. And it's taken on a personality of its own, a wonderful personality. Like I am envious of the Orlando team a lot of the time because they have incredible passion, incredible. They've just, they're running so well on their own. It's sort of like a child where you send him off to college and you hope he does well and he does really well. And you're like, but he doesn't need me anymore. Like involves, <laughs> but they're incredible. So that was the second one. And then the third one, um, was West Palm Beach. And it's always scary to, you know, you get one client, the parents are like, well, there's no one else here. Is this going to be work? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. And, and, and that's the fake it till you make it thing, right? Like, I know it's going to work deep down, but I'm going to say, oh, no, we have like a ton of clients. Just, we're just getting onboarded. Don't worry about that. Your child's, and, be, and but the positive is your child's going to have all this one-on-one -on -one attention with a BCBA every day. How cool is that? You know, and always try to find the silver lining, the, the positive. And that was sort of what we did. And, and then we've grown to, you know, uh, another location in, um, in Tampa and another one in Altamont Springs. And, and we're just using the same formula, just dropping in the policy and procedure, dropping in the formula and um, promoting high quality team members and you don't have to be a bcba to be promoted i mean that's a thing like i know bcba's clinical directors and i wouldn't have an rbt as a clinical director myself i would rather have a bcba as a clinical director but there needs to be other opportunities like you don't have to you know knock off a, a bcba to become clinical director there should be other opportunities on being the coordinator of training or being, you know, you know, I, I never liked the quality control officer thing because I don't even, quality is subjective. Everyone has their own idea of, of what quality should look like. But that being said, we've promoted a whole bunch of people that 
chose not to be BCBAs. They're making close to BCBA salaries and they're ecstatic with the opportunity and they're just adding so much value to the organization, which is, which is what I love. So there was an incredible speaker I listened to once and he was saying that I've never heard a business leader say, I have too many good people. Mm-hmm. But when you have good people, cherish them, honor them, give them as much opportunity as possible. Yeah. Cherish them, honor them. And that's unique. That's unique out in the field. And for analysts and providers and technicians, it's become more and more critical and harder and harder to detect sometimes what that quality looks like when you're first interviewing or stepping your you know foot in at the door. And you're right, everyone has a different definition of quality. I know for me, my definition um, has changed over the years. One of the things that I think is very telling, it's not the only measure of quality, is how happy the children, the clients are, how happy or satisfied the families are. That doesn't mean they're gonna be happy all the time. I'm not happy all the time, uh, despite being bubbly consistently. And so, you know, that's the measure of success for me is if people are enjoying their life, if their life is improving, and if we are responsible for helping them with that. I recently had the opportunity to go to an ABA clinic opening, uh, an open house. The company had been in existence for a few years, but didn't have a clinic location. And I was invited to the open house. Like, okay, cool. I live in the area. Let me see my like neighborhood clinic. And, you know, I didn't know really anybody who worked there. I didn't, I'm just kind of walking around being like, yeah, that looks nice. The jungle gym. I love the pastel colors. You know, the clinic itself, very beautiful. But what I saw and what I experienced was this energy of excitement and passion and love and community. And I walked out and somebody asked me like, you know, do they provide good ABA there? And I'm like, well, how, how, how would I know? I never saw any ABA and I wasn't asked to evaluate it. But I know that they have created something that makes people happy and want to come back. And so I imagine they've got something special going on. You know, we can lean in later to find more and more and more of that, like, you know, how many trials, how many, you know, successes of independence and things have you got? How many treatment plan objectives? Fine. Got it. Definitely. That needs to happen. But how happy our people overall. And that's something that strikes me with your organization as well. And I'm not here to just, you know, talk about my favorite therapist, but for me, when I came and visited, um, I think it was, what year is it? 2019, I think was when I visited out in uh, the Deerfield location. And I mean, I just popped into session rooms with your permission and people were happy to let me sit on the floor and run a trial and ask a question. And um, you know, welcome me into the circle time. And then they would be like, so who are you? Like, or like, hey, how are you? Or, you know, my name is Rebecca. And I'm like, hey, I'm Amanda. Um, because it was just that they were so willing and so welcome and so opening, whether it was a PCVA or another analyst or somebody who was visiting, it was like, there's there's no secrets or there's nothing to hide. Come join us. Come be a part of something really fun. I particularly was uh, really intrigued by the glass walls of your offices. People can see right through to what you're doing. Um, that to me is a very literal concrete representation of the transparency that I think that you and uh, Kimmy and your leadership team really have. So thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate you bringing some additional awesomeness opportunities, not just for clients, but also for providers to find 
um, places to work that bring them joy. And then when they grow and when they move and when they, they go to other places in the country, they know what to look for. They know what that special sauce tastes like. And the more and more and more analysts and techs can contact that, families and clients can contact that, uh, the more people are going to start holding, I think, hopefully, more accountability to um, the field and people who are in it. So with that speaking, uh, with that in mind, like, let's talk about how we met, if you don't mind. I love this story. It was the Autism Law Summit. What year? Do you remember? Oh, well, it was in San Antonio. So okay. I'm guessing 2018. Yep. San Antonio was 2018. 2018 it was. Okay. Yeah. Like four, what, four years ago today? Okay. Always, I mean, when I, things, when I measure things, like it's like with the pandemic, it was 24 years ago or, or it was just the other day. I can't, I always get really confused. It seems to have shifted time uh, depending on where people live and how they experienced the pandemic uh, for sure. So 2018, what brought you to the law summit? And I'm just, I just love that we connected, but I'm, I've come to learn that that wasn't accidental. Nothing's accidental. So just so you know that I, you know, no matter what you see on TikTok or YouTube, it's never an accident. So the one in San Diego first, I saw it. And that's how I knew to go to the one in San Antonio, because I was like, Lori Unum, I won't bring, I'll bring, I'll say the name once, Lori and Dan, they put on an incredible program and summit. And when I went to the first one in, in San Diego, I was hooked. And I saw you speak in San Diego. And I was like, wow, one day I'm going to be cool enough to meet behavior. <laughs> and so then I was in San Antonio for the event and, and we were on a break. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't need to learn about Medicaid or even do Medicaid. So I'm going to like walk out and and walk around and and I saw you sitting on a sofa in the lobby and I was like oh she's there I'm gonna I'm gonna go say hi and you were so nice and who are you what are you doing here where are you from and and I and, and I know who you were and 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 I was like um what, what do you do with friends if you want to make friends you have a drink if you drink it was like martinis she's like there's no bar up here you said there's no bar up here how are you gonna get a martini I said we're going to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. I think I said that. And then uh, you did. One of the hotel staff members, he comes over, he's like, uh, you guys okay? And I'm like, yeah, is there any chance we can get a, a drink drink? Well, the bar's downstairs. I'm like, oh, okay. Just, I'll get it for you. I'm like, you will? <laughs> and, and, and you were like, you will? And uh, I was like, that's so cool. And, and he brought us some drinks. I think he gave it to us for free or something. He did. He totally did. They were on the house too. Yeah. Yes. And so, the reason why I distinctly remember that um, is because I remember thinking, okay, this is Jay, Jay Kateri, Jay from Florida, Jay, Jay's a parent. Okay, got the, you know, five quick facts. And then you just, you know, asked, you like just asked. And, and I remember thinking like, yeah, sometimes it's just an ask. It's just that simple. And we complicate things. And so you ask. And I'm like, okay, here he is asking, or this guy even came over because like, maybe we look like we were looking for something and he just, can I help you? And I was like, well, okay. All right. Is this not already staged? I was like, what's happening here? This has to be. And then he did. And he brought us those strings. And then he was just like, you know, enjoy your day. Have a great one. Good to see you. Thanks for coming to the place. Enjoy your event. And he walked off. 
And I just looked at you and I thought, man, somebody who could just sit down and introduce themselves in five seconds and command a drink out of thin air is somebody I want to get to know a little bit more. So I don't, I don't, I think you're spot on when you say like, if you're, if you're looking to make friends, you know, find their reinforcers, step right in and there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been more than a martini that's held our friendship together for sure. <laughs> I think that like the autism community is such a welcoming community. And I don't think everyone knows that like drop the shield, be yourself because you were like, you know, you're somebody at these summits, everyone wants to talk to you. You know, you're cool. You're, you're ought to, you're ABA cool. I mean, there's no one cooler in ABA than your <laughs> babe. And it's like, and then, you know, I get to know you, like you're just a real sweet, you know, caring, super intelligent person, but you took me around with you. Like you saw, I didn't really know anyone. And then there I am at dinner with like some really big names of different companies in the world of autism. I mean, not, not necessarily big names that no one else would know. It wasn't yeah, like, you have to put it in this environment. In the right, autism. in this little world, in these, this were all, these were all the stars, you know, we're out for dinner and you're like, come with, come with. I'm like, wow, I'm coming with. I'm like, this is crazy. And like, you never know in the world, like where you're going to end up. Like, I love sort of wandering and ending up somewhere. And I know that's a big thing that you do as well. And you do it well, like all of a sudden you got this new friend somewhere and I, and I'm similar that way. I love exploring. I love discovering. I think, you know, and it's very similar to even ABA, like you, you got to probe, you got to, you know, it's try different things, explore. And that's how we figure out what works and what doesn't work. It's science, but it takes a lot of exploring to, to, to figure it out. And that's, I think, the same thing with building friendships, with learning new things. Be willing to embarrass yourself. Be willing to look, look foolish. Be willing to say something stupid. If these people are good people, they'll let it go. And they'll, and they'll still see the good. And you saw the good in me. And, 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 and I saw the good in you. And I'm like, and, and, that, and that is just such a common thing at the summit, for sure. Like, you go there. I, don't, I haven't met anyone at the summit that I didn't like like enough to have a drink or, or food with. Everyone there is is passionate and cares. So I mean, not to plug the summit, but that's what no, this plug whole, the summit. <laughs> plug the, yeah, I mean, I tell every parent that that has a lot of questions for me. Like, I can answer lots of questions, but if you want all your questions answered, go to the summit. And that is where, and because if they don't give you the answers to the summit, there'll be people there that can give you the answers afterwards. And collectively, we have a ton of information. And um, so, yeah, it, it really does take a village. It is a family. Our The ABA world, the autism world, it's a true family. And I think everyone needs to look at it that way and don't get so caught up with ourselves that we're special and everything else. Like, it's uh, it's it's lonely out there being an autism parent if you don't have that support, and it's lonely out there being I would imagine being a BCBA just out there just worrying career career career. Um, it's 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 really such a great journey, and and you're going to meet some incredible people along the way if you just open yourself up to it. I think. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head with why behavior analysts love our conferences so much is. 
maybe it is a unique uh, uh, group of people who who find support with one another. I also really appreciate the way you really articulated what I believe is the real, real community versus the online social media world, right? An online social media world, there's a lot of bickering. I'm not suggesting there's not in the real world. But when we come together, for example, at the summit, it is people who have been advocating for themselves, for their child, for their children, for their clients, for whomever, whatever place they're coming from, to the point of exhaustion. It's the people who will wake up and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day, sometimes to their own personal detriment, right? You know, not getting enough sleep, not, not taking care of ourselves and those things because the passion that drives us is just so in the forefront. Recently, I was speaking with my therapist about it and she said, you know, Amanda, not many people can understand or, or or your experiences in some ways if they haven't experienced them and she says it's a it's a probably a unique group where you really find that true hmm, what would you say the place where you can go and almost just exhale when you enter the room that's how I feel when I walk into the summit that's how the energy is I I feel like okay I can just let everything go let everything down be vulnerable uh, be real and it's going to be safe. And I want to, you know, I, I mean, you were joking, like not to plug the summit, but yeah, let's plug it. And what I want to say to people is you, you don't have to have been before to show up and then be a part of that community, show up with the, you know, the attitudes that you have in an open mind and arms outreached or, or just sit down next to somebody and start one conversation. And if you're as charismatic as Jay, command and conjure a drink out of thin air, um, nearly. <laughs> it's quite persuasive. Well, before we end um, the discussion today, I mean, I really enjoyed our time, but we're just about out of it. What what else? What do you want to say to the parents, to the, to the providers? Uh, where can people find information uh, for the Law Summit? I'll post the link for everybody on that. But what else would you like to add before we conclude today? I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, I, 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 uh, it's amazing how this time went by so fast when we're talking about something that we truly love. Um, I'm not a provider. I'm just a parent. But I have other talents and I can apply those talents to help other families. And I think that what I'd love to see more of is whatever you have to give if it's money, if it's time, if it's experience, if it's connectivity, whatever it is, use it, take advantage of it, help others with it. The more you give, the more you get. And that is really, I think my overarching theme to keep it at a high, you give and the world gives you back. And that is, I would say, if anyone has a takeaway from this, take the high road, keep giving, and, and I promise you it'll all come back. Wow. That feels like some life, like life lessons and message. So I'll take it. I'll take it. I could use it on any day. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it too. Um, Jay, thank you so much for, for joining me today and for discussing not just, uh, you know, what it's like to be a parent, what it's like to be a business owner, but what it's like to have passion. And one of the things that I think you articulated so well is, yeah, it's a family. Sometimes we get a little protective. Sometimes we get a little defensive. But at the end of the day, 
nothing but love. And that's how we're going to move ourselves and our field forward. Well, wonderful conversation. And what I would say is for anyone who's interested in learning more about the basics of ABA, checking out some uh, quick videos, samples, things like that. If this is your first time hearing about it, you can learn more by popping over to www.behaviorbabe.com. 